Hello and welcome to episode number 292 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are back to discuss a cinema release this week. We are. Um, which may or may not be a horror film. Um, <laughs> hey, it's got vampires in it. Exactly. That's our story and we're sticking to it. Um, so, yeah, out, out of uh, clearer heads didn't prevail. And um, this week we're discussing Morbius. Um, <laughs> because why not, hey? What else are we going to talk about? Um, so, yeah, we've got that to look forward to. We have, in fact, seen, we paid for and saw all of Morbius at the weekend. Well, um, I mean, paid for, uh, I guess. Like, yeah, we did. We have, we have Limitless, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to admit paying. If, if, <laughs> if, I, if I had to put real money down <laughs> on the table. <laughs> if that's how you sleep at night, then so be it. Um, it is. It is. We, we contributed to the box office revenue of Morbius. Yeah, we did. Yeah, um, we did. And yeah, we'll get into it lately, uh, shortly. But um, yeah, we've got a little bit of news this week. There's some interesting things in here because... Um, all three of these stories are things that we've talked about before, but like most of these were years ago. So it's weird that they've kind of like circled around in different forms. Um, this first one being the main one, because we've talked about reboots and reimaginings of the crow for what seems like oh the goodness. entire duration of yeah. this podcast. Um, I think it was like two, maybe three years ago was when it got a lot of traction. Um, if when Jared it was... Leto isn't playing the crow on my <laughs> um so at the time the last kind of uh project they were trying to get off the ground was jason momoa um to star <laughs> and that one. yeah that one like seemed like it was a go-ahead and then it just there was a clash over financial issues apparently um but this has been reported in the hollywood reporter this week and this seems like legit as as we go through some of these details um but i guess i'll start with the juiciest thing because obviously the main thing you want to know is who's going to be starring in this movie who's going to be playing uh the lead uh, eric draven um Indeed. definitely a favorite of ours um and we always say it's always nice to have a scars guard in there um well in fact there will be a bill scars guard in the role of the crow um which yeah is is very exciting i i personally think it's one of those ones that he's just such an amazing character actor he really he really does almost remind me of like a young richard Brake, where yeah. just anything that's like a bit weird and out there i just want to see him do it um because he's just so awesome in everything that he does um so yeah that's cool right off the bat but obviously before let's just get like the rest of the details um so the director is someone called rupert sanders who i'm not too familiar with his last film was the ghost in the shell kind of reimagining or film the one with scarjo in it um and uh basically the the other part of this why this is interesting is it's apparently already well into pre-production and actual on-set production starts in june um with okay. shooting to take uh, place in prague Almost and munich like it's a movie yeah exactly like as soon as you start hearing stuff like this you're like oh shit like there's actors on set like this is a real thing this isn't like we saw a lot of concept art as Jason Momoa as the crow. And it was like, Oh, that's cool. But like, is this really a thing? Um, we've seen a lot does, of fan art at this point. <clears throat> yeah. Whereas this does sound like a thing. And the other thing, which, um, the Hollywood reporter put in here, which is just 
weird um is the budget is in the region of 50 million dollars um which for which for a movie that as i said before the main issue has been getting getting this film off the ground is money <laughs> and now suddenly you have a 50 million dollar budget <laughs> like one end of the scales to the other yeah like i swear you could make this for under five like because it's not and that's what scares me almost in a way where is this going to be some weird big budget almost trying to be like us competing with the superhero genre because i just don't think that's what the crow should remotely be really really bizarre like i say that like you say that level of budget is is a weird choice yeah because it just makes it such a huge risk like especially like is that does that mean i mean it's that also means it's probably less likely to be rated r as well which is very disappointing if it's not um so that is weird and i want more clarification on what that means um but what is i guess your initial reaction to a i mean we've talked about it before but it has been like i think it was like four years ago so we should probably (laughs) give our opinions again like how do you feel about a new version of the crow um and then obviously more in particular mr mr skarsgård in the in the lead role yeah i mean you know i i like the the crow movie um uh you know the, the first one quite a bit and and um I think, you know, I've said in the past that certainly I'm interested to see another one and a reboot. I, I think of, of any kind of, you know, franchise that you can get away with. I feel like this is one that you probably could and I, and I wouldn't mind seeing. But, um, yeah, that budget is is the thing that I mean, I haven't got a problem with it. It's just it's just, just kind of crazy mm. when you think that much money being thrown into it. That's um, like you say, the, the worrying thing is, is then is it going to get away from its roots? Is it is it trying to? to be, you know, one of these kind of big franchises we keep seeing that, like, just so many companies are trying to put a giant budget behind some of these things, you know, like we saw Dune and things like that, and it's like, you know, trying to compete with the superhero movies and that sort of thing, and it's like, mm. that, that's not needed for everything, and mm. in particular something like The Crow, where I'm just like, no, I would like a, like you say, a five to ten million, you know, just lower budget horror movie that we've seen, you know, movies made on that scale and budget millions of times at this point and, and just see kind of, you know, the crow remade as opposed to this crazy, you know, blockbuster movie. Yeah. It, it, the budget thing is fascinating because I think that's why I have more and more respect over time for what Bloomhouse and A24 mm-hmm. do is like, they are both incredibly successful and the, kind of natural inclination would be to always want to up that and it would always be the last one's got to be bigger than the next one let's make more profit let's make more money and they haven't really done that like they've consistently obviously a24 in general is is, has smaller budgets than bloomhouse but like they're both incomparable to themselves if that makes sense so they've kind of stayed the same since they've both become very successful over the last sort of five or six years so they've found a model and they've stuck with it and i think that's the big thing that like you've got to respect and, and especially with some of the wins that they've had, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're making a lot of profit and they could just turn, look to turn that into more, you know, bigger budgets and gamble even more, but they're like, no, we've found a formula here. And like Bloomhouse in particular, you know, they have a very distinct formula with their budgets and seem to stick to it. And, yeah. um, you know, I think, you know, a 24 obviously being on a lower scale, they don't have such a rigid number, but they, you know, they pick in again, you know, things that work and, and it does make a hell of a lot more sense, I think, for horror. Yeah. And I just hope they do that because, yeah, who knows? They might just randomly do like a 50 million dollar Bloomhouse horror movie, which I hope they don't. But um, as far as this movie goes, I've said it before that, like, 
I've I really like The Crow and I've wanted to love it my whole life. Um, every time I've sat down to watch it, I've mm. never been able to disconnect the tragedy involving Bradley yeah, Lee from yeah. the movie. Um, to the point where I remember the last time I watched it, I couldn't even get through it all because it was just too distracting, and I ended up just reading about his life in general and stuff like that. And so it that'll happen. Yeah, like it's a weird one in terms of i definitely think it's due for like, for like a reimagining because i want to see this story live on uh, uh you know as way you know aside from the awful tragedy um mm. and yeah like anything i'll watch with bill skarsgård and i'm sure yeah. he would be this is a really dark in like this needs to be a dark story a dark character we've seen a lot of these recently obviously comparing to like bigger budget stuff but like joker especially kind of showed that you can get across like a dark individual um mm. in a big movie um and even the batman as well so i think yeah there is there is hope that this could be great um but obviously i don't know much about this director like i don't think i've seen any of his movies so i can't really comment on that um again it's one of those things that it is i am commenting in a way because i've chose to not see those movies <laughs> like i'm aware of all the movies that he's made i just chose not to watch them um for different reasons so yeah it's it, this is interesting like and it seems like it's legit as well and it's kind of i did not expect this to just randomly come yeah, out that's definitely the thing that's exciting that this seems like it might actually happen <laughs> yeah like i would like to at least be able to discuss a new version of the movie for the podcast mm, i think it'd be definitely. really interesting um but yeah next up uh Again, this is one that I swear we talked about this very briefly years ago um, because it was definitely long rumored. And at the time, it probably didn't make as much sense as it definitely does now. Um, so so it's being reported that there is a TV show spinoff, which is kind of all the rage right now, um, in development at HBO Max, which, again, gives us even more kind of weight because that's kind of what they're doing yeah. now with a lot of their um film franchises converting them into tv show spin-offs and it is centered in the kind of it pennywise universe um so the the series which is tentative tentatively titled welcome to Derry, um yeah is apparently in development um it says that the series will likely explore the origin story of pennywise the clown as well as the the dawn of the curse that kind of haunts the small town um Variety also added kind of the series will begin in the 1960s and lead up to the events of it part one. Um, so it seems like it is in that universe. Um, already I have a lot of questions about this. Um, like, so we, we discussed this at the time and I remember saying like, I think this is rife for more content. I think it is something which is the original book is exceptional. Um, it's almost kind of mind blowing really that Stephen King himself hasn't ever touched it. Um, mm. But I think that with those two most recent movies, especially, they were such good adaptations. They changed a lot from the book. I think a vast majority of it was for the better and made a mm -hmm. better film-going experience um, as someone who has read the book. And I think that, yeah, though I kind of trusted those people at the time. Whereas, like, if you're going to do a TV show, I would watch it and I would be hyped for it. Especially, they, they, I remember them talking about the time. That's not part of this story. But they were talking about wanting to kind of delve into the backstory of the character with Bill um because obviously bill's not being attached to this at this point mm. and i think that's where my questions start being raised is yeah. i think this is cool because this sounds legit especially with hbo max like they've done it with suicide squad they're doing it with batman um they're doing it with dune i think like they are converting their films into tv shows now that they have hbo max like anything with mm. warner basically with their with their current deal um but the fact that this is set in the 60s so that would imply that maybe it would be like 
I mean, you could do like the parents of the kids because I my my whole thing I'm getting to is kind of like if it's leading up to the events of it part one, it can't really lead up to the events of it part one because <laughs> those kids aren't kids anymore. Um, and what you're just going to recast everyone? Like, no, thank you. Like, because then it's not going to feel yeah. like it's set in the same universe, is it? If you just completely recast that's all those the amazing thing, kids, that's the thing that gets strange with it, isn't it? Like, how close do they get to the events? Because mm. to me, I think they should just stay away from it altogether. Like we've seen that, yeah. And, and we don't, it should be the same Pennywise, shouldn't it? But stay away from yeah. those sets of character. Yeah. The uh, the Losers Club, yeah, the Losers yeah. Club should not be a part of this. But Pennywise yeah. and it obviously should. Yeah, like we don't need to see anything to do with them, as far as I'm concerned. Um, mm. You know, and I think I think that will be the mistake that they'll make that they yeah. kind of feel so tethered to the movie franchise mm. um, that they, they're going to try to crowbar that in because that's the that's the get for people, but that they think, but the get is it you know mm. and then make a really good tv show around around him and pennywise as a character yeah um so so yeah i mean we'll we'll see like uh, yeah like you say I'm, I'm i'm excited to see it because i think the the world could be fun but i'm also you know i i need to see more what they're saying certainly them kind of trying to push it to the to the 80s kind of like i say i i would much prefer it as like oh no this is all set in the 60s like this is because because what is it how, how many years is it i can't remember now 21 35 6 27 <laughs> like so yeah so do it the 27 year cycle prior mm. and you you have no concerns these kids are not born at this point yeah you know um so yeah i mean either that or go full back to the future and have one of the kids you know delete their own history maybe you know and, and have it have time travel but if not i'm out yeah it's it, this is a weird one like um i definitely w- would like to see this um i think that it would be very difficult to pull off especially now that it felt like like if it had come out this year this clearly would have happened straight away because of the kind of mo that mm. they have right now yeah. with warner and hbo max but this seems almost like trying to do it too late where yeah, those movies were it like a second thought yeah like those movies were such a huge hit they made a billion dollars the two movies combined which is insane um for like a two movie mm. you know film project and so like they're clearly gonna want to revisit it because it's one of the biggest cash cows in horror history um yeah. And they're great. Um, but yeah, and I, so the only other thing is kind of Andy Muschietti, the, the director of those two movies, is apparently on board to produce the series. Um, okay. so we don't have any idea of kind of who's writing, directing, obviously no, like zero casting. Like I haven't seen Bill's name attached to this at all. Um, you know, he's very Ooh. busy with movies, as we just discussed. Um, so I don't know if they could get him to do a TV show at this point. Um, yeah, but it I would be coming back. Yeah, it's I'm the, 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 we we discussed with um Chucky kind of like that the blueprint they had to follow was Ash, Ash versus Evil Dead. And I think they did that really well. And for me the one that springs to mind for this is like Bates Motel yeah. where it's like you are it's very different obviously because that is like one of the all-time classics and obviously it was so far removed but you almost need to just put your own take on it at this point you can't be you can't be like doing what they're talking about with the new hellraiser movie where they're like well we went back to the original 1986 novel and actually it's the closest adapt you know do you know what i mean like you can't well, be doing best, any of that stuff the, the best thing about pennywise and the it franchise is that you have this 27 year cycle and it mm. is that it is specifically going after your fears yeah so he so can be, be a anything. brand new character and a brand new look you know mm. it's so easy yeah. to just create a new brand around pennywise and the mythology it just has know? to be scary <laughs> exactly then it's just got to be scary and good mm. you know but you've already got 
tons of people because you just call it it you show people pennywise and they're and they're in off the back of the last two movies mm. so you know you really don't have to worry about you know the the the, the rest of it and the losers club in, in particular but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see hopefully you know hopefully that's what they do as we begin to hear more about this yeah it'll be interesting like i i, I trust what hbo do in general mm. with tv shows um and i definitely think that horror is really starting to carve out its own little place now and like we definitely see more hits than misses with these kind of like transitions mm. to the small screen so yeah it, uh, it's one that i'm i want it to happen at the time and i'm kind of just yeah. annoyed that it's taken this long but yeah hopefully i want to hear more about this one um and then your last up in the news again this is one that so this is a, a horror movie coming to netflix in the next couple of weeks and um we talked about this in the news ages ago um where it had a different title um so mm. it's now called choose or die um the original title was cursor which is kind of like in the in this movie it's about this cursed retro video game um mm. the kind of like there's like a competition involved winning money so this person like boots up this old like 80s horror game um um, and kind of like havoc ensues and i really like the original title a lot more than choose or die personally i think it stands out a yeah. lot more um but yeah this we talked about this in the news and obviously so robert england is kind of involved in this um there was a trailer that came out for this and you kind of hear his voice in the trailer so we don't know if he's going to be physically in it i don't think he will it, it seems he's more like the old robert england gig <laughs> yeah which um you know what it's fine i'm fine, I'm fine yeah. with it um because i like him as the idea of this host of this old creepy video game i think it works well um but it's very much like a young adult horror f film it's very much looks like it's in the vein of fair street which obviously we very much enjoyed um but yeah i mean i only watched like the first minute of this because i was like yep this looks cool i want to watch this um but what, what did you kind of make of it can, can you remember when we when we talked about this in the yeah, news? i can remember a long while ago i thought because... this was a interactive thing like bandersnatch but i'm pretty sure it's not i think it's yeah. just the film <laughs> which i'm really glad about mm. um and i think because because i think bandersnatch was okay but i would just i just want to watch yeah you know I, I got annoyed being sat there with the remote in the end and mm. and yeah i think with this like like we've we've watched a lot of well not a lot any that exist that are kind of like horror movies that are centered around video games and and have enjoyed them even when they've been pretty terrible um i think stay alive is the one isn't it that we kind of probably enjoyed the most out yeah, of those cool. um and and yeah i think that's really a really cool idea having these video games as as a horror movie i think the whole kind of retro video game aesthetic in this was pretty cool and yeah i was pretty sold on it i think it's um like you say it definitely looks like a netflix horror movie of this kind of teen, you know, kind of, we see a very familiar face from a Netflix show in this mm. movie. And I think kind of, um, you know, I don't necessarily gravitate towards them in particular, because I don't, you know, I think they've been, we've had some good ones, but we've never had great ones. Yeah. Um, Fair know, Street's got to be up Fair there. Street, it's one of the Fair best. Street, I was going to say Fair Street probably being the pinnacle of it, mm. especially just how quickly we got three movies was insanity, and and you give them a little bit more of a pass on on the quality, but the quality was still really high. And um, but yeah, I, you know that's the thing that gets me a bit nervous is the net Netflixication of it, where I'm just like oh, I kind of you know I like I like a video game horror movie, but um, yeah, fingers crossed this one will be you know focusing on that more. 
yeah, I'm definitely down for this. Like, it looks very interesting. Like, like you say, I like the premise as well. Um, it, it can always go one of two ways with Netflix, where mm. it does look very glossy and Netflixy, and so you wonder if it will have enough grit that I still want from horror. Um, even like I only watched, you know, half of the trailer, but there was like some violence in there, and I was kind of like, oh, I can't tell if they're just not showing it because it's the trailer, or or this is just going to be very soft and they're just not going to show it in the film. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, who knows? But I am looking forward to it um so yeah this one's out april 15th um which is uh it is actually when we're going to be in the cinema for a big horror film um but we'll get to it the week after i'm sure um it always makes me laugh though that like you go weeks and weeks with nothing and then the netflix are like oh what's out what's out that week oh you know it's just robert eggers returning to the cinema ah we should probably just put our horror movie out that day then like cool thanks netflix do you guys never check the schedule netflix are truly outrageous with that it's it's unbelievable i guess that's their mo isn't it they just constantly want to compete with the cinema don't they I'll never forgive them for lockdown when yeah. they were just like, we're going to hang on to everything until the week cinemas reopen. Yeah. Like it, it was, a, it was an absolute travesty. Like we've been sitting on Army of the Dead for five years, like, but we're going to wait until everything's out in the cinema, and then you have to wait to watch it. <laughs> well, they put out like three movies in the space of a fortnight as well. They didn't even spread their own release. They were like, no, we're just going to, we, we want to get everyone staying at home when they're allowed back out. Yeah. I really can't wait to see. They're probably going to drop the new Fear Street trilogy, all three films, on the same day like Scream 6 comes out next year. Like You just know that's what they're going to do. Definitely. (laughs) They just take the piss, bless them. Um, But yeah, that is it for the news. Uh, Shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Morbius. So yeah, we we saw a movie called Morbius. Is, is there a question mark at the end of Morbius? For, for the... <laughs> I was just had to double check. I was like, oh yeah, Mo- Mo- Morbius. Oh, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, the the character Morbius, the living vampire. Oh yeah, that's why we're talking about this. It is it is very funny though. We talk a lot of shit already, and we haven't even started <laughs> reviewing the movie. But like, the the funny thing is, is that this movie. In the UK as a 15, it's about mm. a vampire. When the when the opening kind of splash screen happened as well, of like the the um, mm. rating and the stification. Oh, I it forgot kind of about like, that. Yeah, like strong, bloody violence and horror yeah. or something it said. And I was like... Yeah, the violence, threat, and yeah, yeah it was crazy. Like, everything it said was like, oh, we're watching a vampire movie. Like, it sounded like we were seeing X again. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I was like, oh, that's, you know, steady on. X was an 18. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I, you know, it gave me hope. Um, <laughs> and, and then and then we watched I the movie. I couldn't believe this uh-huh. film was a 15. Like, I, I still don't know why this was a 15. I mean, like, I don't know why, because it's just yet another example that the BBFC basically pick ratings out of a hat at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. like given this movie a 15 is a fucking joke it's, it's one of them things where <laughs> is this in 15 well, what happened is, is they have like a flow chart and, and as soon as you have vampire it cannot yeah. get less than 15 that's it what must happens. be it must that's what be. it is 
I just love how no one at Sony debated it or anything. They were just like, ah, the UK's a tiny market. We don't care. Just give us a 15. Did Twilight come out as a 15 over here? Because I'm like, I don't really know what the difference is. I'm starting to question. It's just, it is really mind blowing because they are, some of the movies that we've seen for this podcast, which are rated 15, are like insane. Like, obviously not X levels, but not that far away from it. You know, like we've seen incredible violence in movies that are rated 15. It's very rare for us to see an 18 at the cinema. Yeah. You know, I, I reckon we might have done 10 for the podcast. I just, you I know? can't believe, even if this was a 12A, I'd have went, class a bit harsh, but I guess so. Like, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, this is all, this is so close to being PG to me. Like, I don't yeah. know how it's think, remotely R or sort of 15. 12, I think 12A makes sense, you know. Yeah, that most things are 12A. You know, and there is the, the threat of vampire. You do see him kind of biting at people, but yeah. yeah you know the the I don't, you know it, it's weird because we'll we'll go into this film's identity i guess let's go into some plot shall we and mm. then we'll go into the film's identity but um <laughs> kind of um yeah outside of the uh the the marvel kind of spider-man world really just focusing on morbius and who michael morbius is he's um he's kind of like this biochemist who um has had this blood disease his entire life and him and his best friend have kind of grown up in this orphanage with it um and they're kind of um he kind of become this renowned biochemist to try and combat this illness and get over it and he's not really you know he's incredibly successful but he's not driven by that he's kind of pushing that fame and that fortune away and he's just he's focusing on trying to get himself better um and obviously how do you fix a blood disease <laughs> you, you you splice humans with with vampire bats um, of course. i mean i don't know what he was doing fucking around all those years like getting all these degrees and like having a hospital and all of this stuff like surely the first thing you'd do is be like well blood disease vampire bats like and i feel like it could have um, happened in that scene in the orphanage when they're kids where he yeah. could have been just like i don't know we yeah, should probably just vamp- get like a vampire bat to bite yeah. us out probably work yeah he's like you know, I don't know whether that's the bit that ties into the Sp- Spider-Man the most, where he kind of mm. saw Spider-Man, and that's what gave him the little light bulb, where he's like, Spider-Man, bit by spider, you know, I've got a blood disease, vampire bat, bosh, done. Exactly, that would have been um, nice and self-aware enough, where it, and, and funny it enough that funny. Like, it would work, yeah. but yeah, they just didn't it, think it's about it. It's very outrageous, but basically, yeah, he splices uh, some sort of cure with vampire bat, bat DNA, <laughs> injects himself with it and becomes um weirdly enough a vampire um Mm. and kind of the whole gimmick is that oh yeah in all these years when he hadn't tried this he had developed synthetic blood Mm. which i mean that's that's pretty baller like i mean i guess it kind of makes sense that if he's got this blood disease that's how he's kind of created this uh, synthetic blood um but basically yeah, once he kind of gets himself infected, he realizes that he needs blood to survive. And when he doesn't take blood, he his symptoms kind of that were life threatening at some point kind of get super accelerated, and basically he'll die pretty damn quickly if he doesn't have blood blood on a regular basis. Um, so then he's fighting a battle between the synthetic blood not working as much. Um, uh, every time he drinks it, it it works less and less and he needs it more and more frequent and so he kind of knows he's on a, a ticking time bomb to need human blood to replace the synthetic blood and he's kind of mm. 
the the movie is then all about him kind of combating that and um you know ultimately him trying to save him and his best friend turns him and his best friend against one another kind of milo becomes kind of you know uh, takes the serum as well and kind of pretty much embraces the dark side straight away and is is pretty okay with it um and that's the real kind of crux of the movie then with morbius trying to find this cure and not turn into the real blood whereas milo is just he's all for it um mm. why, why the hell not yeah hey, why not you know we are the Can't few blame him. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I feel like I did more of a plot justice than this movie deserves there. So I'm, I'm just going to stop there. Yeah. Really. Well, the thing is, I, I like that because that actually sounds like a horror film. Mm. Like, mm. like, you know, what you've just described does sound like a pretty cool setup to a horror film. Oh, um, and that's, that's the biggest problem with this movie really mm. is that it's quite a lot of the steps to be in a horror movie without being a horror movie mm. and it kind of dangles this leg in the kind of marvel spider-man you know venom sony verse kind of you know camp as well and it's not really that either because it's mm. it's too scared well first of all like let's not even get into that debate no. because it's it's a but you know the whole marvel sony universe is a absolute we'll maybe get part. to that later quickly maybe but, like... but you know it's not really for the podcast but yeah mm. i mean it's a mess is the short story so they're too scared to step their foot into there because they can't be like there's tom holland um but likewise we were told very early on that they're just going to make a pretty you know dark horror you know vampire movie um and along the way it just lost identity and never becomes that um i think you know the superhero side of things when morbius can kind of jump and he has this kind of weird my uh like when he moves the the kind of it looks very superhero doesn't it that's what i'm trying to get at like it's kind of like all these effects and colors and, and all of this stuff and it's just if they just tailored that all back and made it just way more grounded like we know what a vampire is and okay that he can jump really high like do you know what i mean that's all we need and i think like all of the superhero effects and everything like that really do um you know really take it away from being a horror movie and i think at that point you're then just um watching something that really just doesn't know what it is and i think you know that's my biggest thing coming out of this movie that it just doesn't have a backbone or an identity um because it's trying to be too many things and it just mm. succeeds at none and i think um obviously we're fans of both um kind of camps that it's trying to put a foot in um and if it if they'd have made a really good marvel spin-off we'd have had a good time if they'd have made a really good horror movie would have had a good time um and so if they'd have picked a side we, we would have had a good time obviously for the podcast we'd have liked them to pick the horror side of it um but yeah for me for me it failed at both and and you know i think when i'm looking at the horror and i'm looking at like you know the the vampire side and when he becomes it and like i say when milo kind of embraces the dark side quickly and all of that stuff the synopsis that i said i think that could have been quite a cool vampire movie the fact that we'd have these two vampires that have kind of taken these two different paths with the, synth the synthetic blood and i think if they would just gone a bit darker with that um it, it could have been a fun horror movie, but in the end, it's it's just a mess of an identity of a movie. 
Yeah, I do agree with most of what you said, but to, just to be a bit positive, because I do think that I'm, I might have a slightly different opinion to do to you. Um, I don't know whether it was just expecting the absolute worst which might be the case um, because I had zero expectations <laughs> for this movie in the, in the slightest. I didn't hate this movie at all. Um, I, I quite enjoyed parts of it. Um, I definitely liked the first half quite a bit. Um, I think everything you've said there about the story and the characters, I was super vibing with. I thought mm. like the character of Morbius and his relationship with Milo was awesome. Um, the idea of it's weird coming off the back of serpent of the rainbow where we were talking about how like oh it would have been cool you know the idea is this like more realistic take on zombies and Mm. so then when you then you um, sit down to watch this movie and yeah you are getting a bunch of this bullshit pseudoscience that is like very jurassic park but it is fun where it's like Mm. okay like i kind of get it that he's the super genius right that's fine he's got this blood condition that's fine and then he's somehow come up to this conclusion with vampire bats like i found that entertaining in a film as, as the premise and so getting to that point i was like okay that's cool i like this as like a origin story for whatever this character turns out to be um so i enjoyed all of that and i definitely think that there is my, my biggest frustration because it's always going to unfortunately go to the negative stuff with this movie even though overall i didn't hate it was just like this could have been awesome mm. this really could have been awesome i think that is where my biggest frustrating when i left the cinema was like i definitely liked this more than i thought um because i expected to hate it and i definitely didn't but my god could you have made a sick movie with this and this is where i think I imagine the hardcore comic book fans must just be infuriated with it because this character is so cool and it's only when the movie doesn't get in the way of the character is when the character really shines and when the movie is happening that's when all the shit happens that's when you get these like say all like the overuse of cgi in this movie was appalling um and in particular in the character when it is like oh morbius is gonna do some mad shit now and suddenly because he has this like sound ability like a bat where he can like ping the sound and hear really well the way they visualized that on screen was one of the worst representations of that i've ever seen yeah to the point where it is just these squiggly lines around morbius in different colors and it just looks blurry and shit and then the fact that it's it does my pet peeve which venom both venom movies did anyway and a a bunch of other terrible movies do which is that everything's set at night so then like you have a fast moving character who when he moves quickly is blurry and it's at night like so i just couldn't tell what the hell was going on during most of those sequences so like it was such a shame because when morbius was talking and interacting with milo and kind of like his his um other um doctor friend and and all that kind of dynamic i was like really liking it what was happening and then the second it just goes to like ah switch off your brain it's just a bunch of bullshit happening that's when it's like oh man like that's when i got really frustrated and so i i just think that there was something here and you definitely nailed it with the identity thing because that's like again another issue of it where sony don't know what the hell they're doing right now Mm -hmm. um they they very much remind me of dc of like five or six years ago when it was like they were they were trying so hard to be marvel and they were like we need to have our superhero meetup movie we need to have our avengers moment and that all went 
to shit so quickly and so embarrassingly that they've somehow rather quickly been able to get the wheels back on the track and been like oh hang on maybe we should just give these amazing characters that we have to talented individuals don't care about tying it all together and just make individually great movies mm. and in my opinion they have done with suicide squad with the with joker and with the batman they're all great movies in my opinion i don't care that none of them are linked i don't want them to be linked um, part of them. exactly they're just fun good movies because guess what all those characters are incredible and i genuinely think as someone who this is my only experience of morbius which sucks because this isn't <laughs> a good film but i want to find the cool morbius shit now because like mm. i think this is such an awesome character and i i don't want to always bring it up the obvious but like if this character was in the MCU, it'd be so awesome. Like, you just know it would be because they make shit characters awesome because they just are an extremely talented film studio that make really good movies. Um, A lot of the time based upon characters that no one wanted to even see on the big screen. Um, And so that's why it's just, it's, I, I'm so disappointed that Sony have these characters. Um, Obviously the Spider-Man thing is like a whole other thing, but like, the fact that in even Venom has proven that as well, that like I couldn't, I, the last Venom movie was so goddamn awful. And I think that's why I probably didn't hate this as mm. much. Cause I, I thought this was way better than Venom, like both of them. Um, it's not a great movie, um, but I enjoyed parts of it. And uh, even though I'm still almost infuriated with how they've treated this character. Um, the, the only other thing I want to say as well is like the, the cast is very good. And I think that that's all two of the actors are very good. Yeah. Um, jared leo and matt smith and i think that we've talked about matt smith a lot on the podcast um maybe not a lot but we have and he's a fantastic actor yeah so we will get to him but i do want to touch upon jared because he's someone who is probably one of the least liked actors i would say in popular opinion um i think i know i think sometimes it's unjust i think i I think overall it is unjust what i want to say is i do think he makes it easy to dislike him in interviews (laughs) the way he comes across he's done a lot of questionable things that like i get why people don't like him so that's fair enough i'm not going to sit here and defend him for that reason but i do think it's weird when people try and call him a shit actor because he's definitely not a shit actor like he wouldn't continue to be put in not stuff like this but like actual high quality movies which he Mm. does and it and it frustrates me because when he was like a smaller actor when he was in fight club when he was in requiem for a dream american psycho he was great in all those movies but obviously Mm. they were very minor roles and then we kind of see the rise of him as a star and when he won his oscar in dallas buyers club he was so incredible in that movie again what was probably interesting to the point is that he wasn't the lead in that movie matthew mcconaughey was and i almost wonder if that's the biggest issue with jared leto is I don't think I've seen him be amazing in a movie where he is the lead. Um, I think he probably should always be the supporting actor, which is not a bad role. Like I actually think Brad Pitt is an example of someone who's way better as a supporting actor as well. Um, So yeah, he, he, I I just, I think that's only when he's with Leo. Like that's (laughs) that's a very specific example. (laughs) I think in general, like obviously in the nineties, he was, I just, I don't know. But anyway, it's, I don't know where even know what I'm trying to say with Jared at this point, but I do. I just think that he gets a lot of hate and I'm not trying to sit here and act like he doesn't deserve it because he does do a lot of things which are easily hateable when a lot of actors don't do that shit, which is fair <laughs> enough because like he, he invites it on himself and I just wish he wouldn't do it because I do think ultimately he's an extremely talented actor who has probably got unlucky more often than not with pro- 
projects like this that like on paper this should be something that he should sign up for because the character is great well, that's his, it, yeah. his his acting in this is is good it's not like amazing by any stretch of the imagination but this level of good acting in a movie made by competent individuals would be phenomenal um so that's i guess my biggest frustration I think that's the problem he as a supporting actor he picked great roles you know you mm. think kind of you know american psycho and fight club in particular you know that was when our love for him as an actor you know came about and i mm. think kind of i've always kind of liked him since then because of those and like you say since the oscar you think you know in his mind landing the role of joker would be mm. like holy shit but it's like the joker after heath ledger was always just going to be put to the side and and kind of it was almost you know it's almost like well we need to have the failure to then to then get to the next joker you know and mm. it was kind of you know it's easy to say that now with hindsight but it i think it always kind of felt that way that it was like well we need to hate on this because we can never hate on jack nicholson because that was brilliant we can't you know heath ledger was a uh, incredible first and foremost before anything else but b obviously with the tragedy it's like well whatever joker comes next is really in a difficult place and so you know that was a really difficult job that just never got off the ground and then like you say something like this morbius a great character in the marvel universe in the spider-man universe that i'm sure has got like a ton of cool stuff um so why not go for it um like i say i think you know i think that the morbius character it's it's weird because i certainly don't I, I don't dislike this movie i think this is just a good movie and the problem is is that when we've seen you know do you, do you actually think this is a good movie well, I think it. I think it. Like, I, I had I a good do. time. I didn't think you I, did. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's fine, but like, mm. it's just, but it's just fine. Yeah, and that that's the problem. And the problem is, is that the, you know, the Spider-Man Marvel Marvel universe is insane, and have and and vampire movies. You know, we want them to be really cool and slick, and and just you know, very bloody and very violent. I think as well. I think. With, mm. a, with a vampire movie, what we've seen in recent years is that, you know, you can't have kind of interview with a vampire and have like this slow burn, charming vampire and that sort of thing. I think it needs to be, you know, much more violent and bloody. And this is set up for that. You know, mm. Morbius is an incredibly violent, bloody character when he wants to be. And, and Milo in particular should have been really dark. And, and and that's the thing that pisses me off most about this movie, and that's probably why I'm I've gone down on it a lot more in 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 my in my kind of review. It is that yeah, this movie was good, but you know, fine slash good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's in that it's in that bracket because I think good is almost giving it a little bit too much. I, I just but, yeah, I want to caveat that real quick as well. Is like yeah. I do think parts of it are good, but I think mm. overall calling it good is generous just because yeah. of the yeah. atrocious cg and like exactly. the finale is awful as well and we, we obviously yeah. haven't touched upon that but the yeah. the last like 20 minutes of the movie is just that it's the end of venom it's pitch black it's two cg characters fighting i'm not invested because it's just yeah. cg mess i have no idea what's going on it was it was awful the ending yeah exactly and there's just no weight behind it because it's just kind of you know what's going to happen and there's just mm -hmm. and because it just looks so terrible you just don't care and it made me laugh so much because like you say the, the no spoilers but like the the final scene is like at night and they suddenly find their way deep into sewers at night 
Mm. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, can't you be in like a lit up stadium or something? Mm. And then, and then, like you say, just just the the CG and and yeah, like I say, and I think those things coupled with the fact that if this movie had have gone dark, it could have been really good. Um, just frustrates the hell out of me. And so, you know, walking away. You know, oh, yeah, I've got I've got to talk about and, them. And it just kind of it, it triggered me and it just yeah. kind of got me to the point where I'm like, well, yeah, if this movie had been like great, which it's not, I would have been frustrated with the end and the, the post credits. But when this movie's fine with with elements that are good and then you bring these in, I just walk away frustrated. And so I definitely just have more frustrations, um, you know, because because, yeah, I think the first 40 minutes of the bits were were good and you know like i said two really great actors and and you know matt smith uh, i i you know in the trailers i think they did a really good job as well with the trailers with like mm. screwing with you in certain respects because like you know i i genuinely thought matt smith was like a cop that was chasing yeah. him from the trailers and that's not the case at all um and so you know i think they they did some of that stuff well but just overall left with frustration i think is my biggest thing um you know, I mean, I guess, you, do you want to go into recommendations and then we can talk post-credits and stuff, whatever you want to go into? Yeah, I can do. Um, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't recommend it to horror fans because it's just, uh, I was hoping it would be more of a horror movie and it's sadly mm. not. And it's a shame because this character <clears throat> deserved to be, e- even if like, when we've talked about the Batman and Joker, if you don't want to class them as horror movies, it's fine. But tonally, that's what this should have been um, because that's what this character deserved. And instead, they're like, no, we're going to do our weak version of the MCU. And because we've got like some fingers in that pie, we can almost get away with it as well, which we'll get to. And that is even more infuriating where it's just like, just make good movies. Like it's it's so frustrating so i can't even though i expected worse and i think sony have put out worse and i came out of this at least a fan of a new character um i can't recommend it because there's just too much about it that annoys me and i'm and the more i think about that last 20 minutes of just cgi fuckery in the dark oh it's that is like my biggest pet peeve and and seeing that on the big screen when you're got the best visual and sound quality possible to watch a film at the cinema and that's the level of shite they put on the screen it god it annoys me so much it honestly felt like we were watching like a a torrent that had been recorded on the cinema and i was watching it on my iphone yeah you'd get the exact Um, same level of quality yeah but um yeah i i don't recommend this in any way to be honest like especially for, for people listening to this podcast you know it's it's not a horror movie it won't satisfy that at all um but even going beyond that i think the only way that you watch this should watch this is for um you know being a marvel slash spider verse whatever you want to call this at this point you know completionist but i think kind of you know it's a step up from venom uh Mm. i haven't since venom 2 but i'm (laughs) it sounds like it's a step up from that as well um trust me but um you know, I, I walk away from it the same as you, though, where I'm like, I like Morbius and um, I like that character. Mm. Um, and so the next time we see Morbius, which we will see him again, like I'm like, OK, I like Morbius. I still like Jared Leto, like as Morbius. So I'm like, OK, can you now make this character better? Um, I don't think they can, but um, that will be the hope I have for, for his next outing. 
Yeah, we shall see. Um, yeah, I guess we can throw up spoilers. I don't really have too much to say. I just wanted to make one point about this whole mess of a universe at this point because mm. um because we've kind of been talking about it in jest and i just wanted to clarify for the podcast or at least for people listening because it is very confusing that like obviously this isn't an mcu movie of course no. um, because it's not made by marvel studios it's made by sony pictures but we are in this complete mess now where this is kind of called i guess sony spider-man universe that is like the two venom yeah. movies this and then i guess the last spider-man movie is part of that as well um which is hilarious because then obviously that was made by marvel Studios, exactly so therefore was good exactly and then obviously the reason why we're waiting for spoilers to talk about this is like the two absolute clusterfuck of of mid-credit sequences which nothing in this movie made me laugh out loud because it was bad both the scenes i laughed at because i was like mm. this is hilarious that you think this is cool or interesting and i laughed because i was quite sad about what it means for the future um but but yeah like vulture obviously pops up um from from homecoming who you know played by um michael keaton who is an incredible villain in an incredible movie and They've obviously used what happened in No Way Home to essentially be like, okay, now he's been plucked out of that universe and now we've got a grubby mitts on this character. And that is just so disappointing um, because I do think what the what marvel studios have done is they've done a deal with the devil to give the fans spider-man and they've somehow yeah. been able to keep all of this boy bullshit at arm's length for as long as possible and i just don't know how much longer they can do it because it's starting to seep Long in like we thought venom was going to be in the spider-man movie and ruin it and then they did that hilarious sequence where it was basically marvel studios saying like fuck you we don't want this character send him back to his own universe but we'll keep a bit of symbiote and we'll show you how to actually do venom like i love that <laughs> Like genuinely one of the best parts of that entire spider-man movie and there's so many mm. is the way they treated sony's property um but this is the opposite of that this is sony saying like can we please have that cool character that you guys you know showed yeah. on screen and we, and th- we own all the spider-man villains yeah. apart from vulture but you've made vulture the best villain <laughs> at this point so can we have him back now yeah and they and then like i guess seeing as we're like renting spider-man so and so i feel sorry for us as fans i i'm i'm gutted for the future of vulture i'm very gutted for michael yeah. keaton that he has to continue to portray this character and he's suddenly going to see a downfall in quality yeah and it's just like <laughs> The whole thing's laughable because, like I say, it now becomes such a blur of what this even means Mm. anymore. And that was why the DC comparison was interesting because it's like they were so disconnected from all that. All they did was they Mm. wanted to copy it. They realized they couldn't copy it and then they stopped copying it. But because Sony have got into bed with Marvel over Spider-Man, they're like so disgustingly close to how it's being made so well that they can Mm. they can get away with this bullshit. Can we have a thousand Spider-Man? And it was like when they did into the Spider-Verse. you know it was like such a great standalone spider-man i know i don't know how sony produced that movie that is like the biggest outlier in the last 20 years of making films it really is and you look at this though and it is so disgusting and it's the thing that annoys me the most is that how perfect marvel opened the door for them Mm. with with um with no way home you know they created a level of bullshit where they just get doctor strange doing shit and all manner of stuff to be like okay sony we can have our toys and you can have yours. Mm. And we've done it in a movie that's incredible for the fans. 
And I'm like, that's not fair that they made something that good that then has created this amount of mess. <laughs> yeah. You know I, I mean, because it's it going to make me dislike parts of that movie now. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, that but, movie means that we've now lost Vulture from the yeah. MCU. Well, it's almost like like what I've said about Resident Evil 4 over the years, that Resident Evil 4 kind of yeah. paved the way for like the crap Resident Evil games. Yeah, definitely because is, then yeah. they, you know, and it was like, that game is so good and it's, you know, a game of a generation, but it like screwed the franchise you know what this reminds me of like someone needs to make a meme of this online because it is definitely like it happens in a lot of movies where you know how there's like hostages different countries have mm. hostages and they do that thing where they walk across the bridge at the same time yeah. to swap them yeah that's essentially what like spider-man and, and vulture was in this deal yeah when they shook definitely. hands last year and it's like definitely. oh i'm so happy seeing tom holland's smiley face joining mm. them the mcu and obviously we get to we you know yeah, we, there's we another one yeah, but then just, i just feel just sorry like, i'm like i'm so sorry keaton like you were so good yeah. in homecoming and i've been waiting for it's, years to see your return to the mcu and now i don't care anymore it's brilliant though as well because i just imagine when homecoming happened and marvel were like look look sony you gotta give us a villain like you gotta give us someone because we we gotta have a spider-man villain in this movie mm. and then like someone at sony was like scoffing and was like <laughs> you can have vulture mm. and then and marvel like that's fine like cast keaton making baller and it's just, you know what I mean? It's just so ridiculous. Yeah. I think there was just one more point on the movie that I'd actually missed earlier that I wanted to bring up as well. And just the the female doctor, uh, what was it, like Bancroft or something? Yeah, Cro- ben- something Bancroft, Croft. yeah. Um, she was one of the worst stereotypical female characters that we've seen in cinema for the last 15 years, mm. I would say. Um She exists for no purpose other than to chase after Jared Leto's character from the start, middle, and end of this movie. And I, I really think it set back what we've seen in, like, you know, in in Marvel, in horror movies, and in everything else. This is, like, an absolute throwback to these 80s movies where she's just... Did, did you pick up on that as well? She's just so pathetic in this movie. She's just doting after him to the point where, you know, we're in spoiler territory, where, the, where she just literally sacrifices herself. Yeah. And it's just like, just kill me. If, if that means you can live, just kill me. Like, I was just so frustrated by her character throughout the entirety of this movie. Um, and I, it, it just was painstakingly obvious as well from, from the, the offset. You know, there was a part of me that thought, like, you know, is she going to be cool and, and have that serum earlier and kind of show, like, a third vampire in the movie? Mm and would be cool and like obviously that that didn't happen in this movie yeah um so it's just i just found her incredibly frustrating she was bad like this movie's weird because it, i can only really think of five characters and two of them mm. are excellent which is morbius and milo the other mm. three are the most copy and paste like you say caricatures just old stereotypes because you, know, you, you have her who's dreadful but the, the two co- like officers you have the one who's like supposed to be the quote-unquote funny one who doesn't say mm. a single funny thing for the entire movie and then and then tyrese gibson is like the straight officer and like is one of the worst cast and i mean he's awful anyway like he's such a bad actor but to see him try and play this like serious police detective while you've then got the funny guy quipping that no one's laughing at it's just like what are we doing like 
this movie really is anger inducing um because of the fact that i just wish it was a complete piece of shit like i i I wish it didn't have any redeeming qualities because i wouldn't have felt invested and i didn't i wasn't invested going in it but now i'm like oh why'd they do morbius dirty like this and it just gets me even more annoyed about sony pictures going forward because they just make such bad appalling movies um but we're part of the problem because we go and watch them. So because uh, this movie, you think, well, it had a $80 million budget, which is disgusting. Um, but it's already made 86 and it's only been out for a weekend. So they're going to be Yay. laughing all the way to the bank. Um, so, yeah, Morbius 2. We'll be covering that in 2025. <laughs> hopefully not for the podcast. Hopefully we'll just hopefully we'll just see that and be upset by it hopefully who knows um i I hope it just becomes a tail end of an episode (laughs) as opposed to an entire episode i hope it doesn't (laughs) exist (laughs) um but it will um because who's gonna stop sony at this point no one um but yeah that was our discussion on morbius Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back So, yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Um, we, Like I said earlier, we are a couple of weeks away from an actual cinema horror release, which is cool. Um, getting more excited as we get closer to The Northman. Um, as I kind of discussed last week, like it's one of those... I'm hoping it's set up perfectly in the same way Malignant and Old were last year, where it's like, I should be extremely excited for this movie mm. purely based upon the director. And this is what we talk about time and time again on the show. We get invested in properties and all this and that, but it's the, it's the directors that don't typically let us down. Um, and so, yeah, I should be... It doesn't matter what it is. It's Robert Eggers. Like, it's his follow-up to The Lighthouse, one of my all-time favourite movies. Um so i just hope that it delivers um but yeah there's a few more things kind of on demand that we'll get to there's a couple of like british movies that we've discovered over the last few weeks that we're probably going to want to cover um there's also um cursed films which has returned on shudder and because we talked about that in the news that there's some really fascinating films that they're covering in season two some strange choices but but strange in a good way you know that makes it very interesting interesting that obviously serpent and the rainbow will be on there like i'm very excited to see what they say about that obviously we read a little bit about it it, but it wasn't too much information out there so seeing them go in depth um but i have watched the first episode and i will talk about it next week um because it was the one on the wizard of oz which was the one i was most excited for like i'm i'm glad they obviously did it we said it in the news it was like oh this is weird because they're not doing a horror movie but it was just like the one with the most stories and they did such a good job of uh, of covering them all so yeah it's out this week i highly recommend people watch it and then we'll, we'll talk about it next week because there's some there's some insane stuff in this episode but yeah i'm glad shudder i'm glad they're doing this this is such like a unique thing that almost are they are they doing one a week or is this just all dropping i think it was two um right but uh yeah like it's something like this i don't know why netflix don't have their equivalent to this of like it doesn't obviously well, they, have to they, be they've, they've done it i guess the movies so. that made it yeah. but they they with because they are incredible stories mm. to delve into but they're just 
done in the most terrible Netflixy way ever. It's the oh, exact I wouldn't even describe it as Netflixy. It's it's almost like oh, a, yeah, a, it's, just, uh, it's it's awful. It's like design. It's like children YouTube. YouTube is how I describe it. Like yeah. if you've seen kids yeah, YouTube videos where it's yeah, like it's yeah. designed to keep your attention for forty seconds. So it's as loud as quickly as possible, and it's just like who finds this interesting as an adult? Mm. Um, that's how that show is made. Whereas no, I, I yeah, this is made. This is made so well. I already think this is a huge oh, step up great? from season yeah. one as well. Like I, oh, good. yeah, I'll be talking about it next week because it's. I highly recommend everyone watches it. Um, but we'll, we will be talking about it next week when it's out. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was episode two hundred and ninety-two. Uh, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. And